0: I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name. How do we respond when we're not feeling joyful? We've been looking together in this series that I have the privilege of continuing for us today about how we find joy. How the invitation to follow Jesus is an invitation to know joy, whatever we are facing. But what do we do when we're just not feeling it? When we've taken in all the information we think we need to know about the joy we have in God, about the wonder of who he is. When we've affirmed with our minds that we believe it to be true. And yet we just can't quite seem to get it to drip down here into our hearts. When we can't quite work out how to know that joy, not just in our head, but deep in our guts. What do we do? In other words, how do we fight for joy when it's hard? Because the reality is that for most of us, joy is not our natural state of being. And yet it's something that we are all seeking. As we've seen throughout this series, pursuing joy, even in suffering, even against threats to it, means learning how to be present in the moment, to centre ourselves on God, Father, Son, and Spirit, and embrace him as the one who has done in the past all we need to know his joy and carry it into the future. And there's a daily choice for each of us to fight for it. And I know it is for me. What is your morning routine Look like. Uh, Mine uh, is being woken up by my Alexa alarm uh, with a carefully curated routine that takes me through about 10 different steps uh, in the morning. There's gentle ocean music to kind of ease me into the day. There's some worship songs to try and uh, fix my groggy mind uh, on Jesus. There's a few jokes, as you could well imagine. There's some interesting facts, some classic hits from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. But even with all of that, even with the best routine that I can put together, I wouldn't say that I awaken every day filled with joy. Even when uh, I changed it to a rousing rendition of Three Lions in those heady days a week ago where we thought it might just be coming home, uh, that didn't quite do it. Uh, It certainly did not fill my wife with joy to be woken up in the morning yet again by uh, the dulcet tones of Badil Skinner and the lightning seeds. But I think that search for joy is also reflective of the rest of my life. So often over the past year, when so many of the things that have brought me joy have been stripped away. I've found the temptation to look for joy in all the wrong places. And each of us will have those things that we go to for comfort when we know that we aren't living with joy even though we know deep down that they can't and they won't satisfy. Among other things, this past year or so has revealed the inadequacies of so much of the stuff in our lives that we'd been looking to for joy. And that it's only been because of the pandemic stripping them all away that we can see how dependent we've become on them. And as things here in Britain begin to open up again, however you're feeling about that, the danger is that we'll just try to rush back to where we were in February 2020 to reconstruct the scaffolding of stuff that came crashing down 18 months ago and has lain unused since then. And we'll miss the work that God is wanting to do with us in and through this hard and painful and long season. And that what God wants to do in us might just enable us to bear the fruit of joy in our lives for years to come. That's what I'm believing for. And in that passage that Emily so wonderfully read out for us, the Psalmist expresses how they fight for joy in the present, celebrating in what God has done in the past and looking with hope to the future. And I want us to explore that today in two aspects. First of all, putting God at the centre and secondly, living with God at the centre. So first of all, putting God at the centre. Martin Luther, uh, the great reformer, wrote this. He said, we need to hear the gospel every day because we forget it every day. And that daily rhythm of returning to God is something that we talk about a lot at Oasis, finding moments in our day to pause, to centre on him and to continue. And this is our foundational daily experience of fighting for joy, to consciously stop ourselves from allowing life to just roll on and to let God break in, to find moments where we get to see and savour Jesus, where everything else fades away, and we get that clear sight of his presence with us, his greatness and power, his grace and comfort, his beauty and majesty, when we hear him knocking at the door, waiting to come in again, To not allow ourselves to be like the church in Revelation 2, who'd forgotten their first love, who'd forsaken their first love. Who forgot what it was to delight in God our Saviour. Not just to acknowledge in him, not just to recognise him, but to delight in him. And this is what the psalmist does in verse one. I will exalt you, Lord, they write, for you lifted me out of the depths. Remember what it was like, that first moment of faith, that first moment where you really knew that God had stepped in and changed everything for you. Do you remember that? And if you don't know that, if you've never known that, do you want to? an invitation, even now, right now, to come to Jesus and find the one who changes everything. When, as a community, we encourage one another to pause. We're stirring one another to take hold of the joy that we've known. The miracle of the new lives, new identities, new purpose, new community, new hope that we have in Jesus. And to celebrate in it again to not allow ourselves to grow stale but to be continually refreshed by choosing to fight for that joy to remember what god has done in our lives to hold on to that first love and we'll each do that in different ways for the psalmist it's it's really lingering on what god has done in the past So we heard that earlier, verses two and three. Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down into the pit. That's what they wrote. They're remembering what God has done in their lives. They're calling it to mind and resting in it and using that to spark joy and spark worship within them. And that's a great pattern for us, that uh, model of cultivating thankfulness, taking a moment to sit with and reflect on what God has done in our lives, the big and the small. Maybe it's keeping a thankfulness journal where you can jot those things down for you to remind yourself of them, especially on the days when you're struggling to see clearly what those things are. Perhaps it's getting out into nature And just taking the cues around you of the wonder of who God is and his goodness towards us. Maybe it's taking a psalm a day and working through it whenever for you, you'll be at your most awake, most alert. Or building in a time of silence on your morning coffee break or committing to pray through the Lord's Prayer at midday as thousands of Christians around the world do, in in the words from the Bible and then again in your own words. However it is for you, what are the daily rhythms and patterns that are going to keep you coming back to the one who sparks joy? And it's so important for us that we make space in our days for this. Don't just try and find time here and there. Make time. Carve it out schedule it in. Uh, Andy Crouch, who is an author and speaker, writes this. I have to say no to requests many, many times a day. Almost always people are understanding. They often say, I know you're very busy. But the truth is, I'm not very busy. I try not to be very busy at all. But in order for that to be true, I have to say no many, many times a day. I think that is such wisdom for us in our world that just loves to move at a million miles an hour. Grow in your confidence to say no to things, even good things, even things you would love to say yes to, valuable, worthwhile things, things you love doing, in order to create the space in your life to fight for joy. This isn't a supplementary add-on to the walk of faith. If we don't learn to daily fight for joy, we'll find ourselves drifting away from that first love. So that's my first encouragement to us today. Keep God at the center. Put God back at the center. Second thing, live with God at the centre. And if my first point was primarily vertical about our relationship with God, this one is primarily horizontal, the way we live towards others. See, the Bible's teaching isn't just that we fight for joy in God as we spend time focusing on him. It's that we fight for joy by doing what he commands by living in the way that he has called us to live we fight for joy by learning to obey learning to obey and i'm sure that for some of us our first reaction to that word is to say whoa hold on a minute obey Isn't it supposed to be that we are filled with joy by centering on God, as we've just explored, and then as an overflow of that joy, we go out and serve others and love others? And yes, it is that. But it is also that when we are struggling to know joy, one way that we fight for it is in choosing to obey God's word choosing to lay down our own rights, our own preferences and opinions and comforts and follow what he has said about how we are to live and about how we are to love others. It's not just that good works flow from grateful hearts. It's that those who have trusted in Jesus, have known the moment where he breaks in and everything changes, are now in him new creations. If you have put your trust in Jesus, whether you did it before you could even remember or whether you did it earlier today, you are a new creation. And because of that, you have the Holy Spirit working inside of you, working in and through your choices and your actions every day to do what? To magnify joy in God. That's what the Spirit loves to do within us. And He does that as we obey God's commands. God's commands are given so that as we obey in faith through Christ by the power of the Spirit, we might step more into the fullness of the life. That God has for us, knowing His power perfected in our weakness and leading to joy. And this is an idea that we can struggle with, particularly in the 21st century. We don't like following laws, we don't like following rules. We hear the word obey and we think of something oppressive. But this idea is one that is completely familiar to the biblical authors. Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the whole Bible, is an extended meditation on the goodness of God's law and how obedience brings forth joy. Let me read you a few verses. These are all from the NLT. Verse two. Joyful are those who observe his rules and seek him with all their heart. Verse 45, I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commands. Verse 111, your laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. Verse 143, as pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. And yet, this is so often the complete opposite of how we approach God's commands in Scripture. Our first reaction can so easily be to see them as stifling or as oppressive, to see God as one who wants to limit our freedom and stop us from doing the things that we truly want to do, stop us from doing the things that will make us the most us. Calm and joy. really helpfully uh, writes that God's law is like the fence that separates a kid's playground from a busy road. Does that fence prevent freedom? Or by stopping the cars from driving into the playground and stopping the kids from running out into the road, does it enhance freedom by allowing Drivers to drive safely and kids to play joyfully. We can read some of God's commandments, particularly in the Old Testament, and especially in our cultural context where many of them seem perhaps irrelevant to us or outdated. We can wonder, do these really lead to life? But the Bible's teaching is that God's word isn't given to restrict our freedom. It's given, us, it's given to enable us to joyfully embrace the life that God has for us. It's given to us that we might flourish in our lives, like a child delighting in a playground. And yes, we need wisdom to discern which commands, particularly in the Old Testament, are for today and which were for the specific context that they were written into. But the key thing for us in fighting for joy is to see that the walk of faith is never just internal. It's never only spiritual. It is always practical and relational as well. Following Jesus means doing things differently. It means impacting your life and the lives of those around you. That As we give ourselves to loving and serving others, to showing hospitality, to pursuing prayer, to battling sin, to choosing kindness and standing for truth and confronting immorality and fighting for justice, impractical acts of love and mercy the joy that is within us, our first love, gets magnified and multiplied in our lives. Mike Pilovacci puts it like this Obedience is God's love language. When we choose to obey, laying down our rights, our preferences, our feelings, particularly when it's hard, particularly when we really don't want to. When we do that, when we allow God to come and meet us in that place and lead us into life, we open ourselves to experience more of his joy, his strength in and through our weakness. And as we do that, we'll get to finish where we started, to cry with the psalmist in Psalm 30, verse 4, to sing praises of the Lord. You, his faithful people, praise his holy name. Our fight for joy in him will catch us up in community as we give ourselves to putting God at the centre and living with God at the centre. And it will enable us to sing together of what he's done. And that's what we're going to do now. In just a moment, I'm going to hand back to Andy and the band who are going to lead us. But before that, I want to leave you with a challenge. How are you going to fight for joy this week? See, it doesn't take much to predict that at some point this week, You're likely to be really struggling to find joy. And in that moment, you'll have a choice to let the stuff of life steal your attention and fill your mind. Or to fight for joy. To put him back at the centre and live with him at the centre through your actions, through the way you treat others, through the way that you live. How are you going to fight for joy this week? Why don't I pray? Lord, in this moment, in each of our different locations, in our homes, uh, at South Street, watching live or in demand, I pray in this moment, That you would come again by your spirit. That you would lead us increasingly into life. The life, the abundant life, the free life that you have for us. And I pray, Lord, that you would teach us this week how to learn to fight for joy not seeing it as a failure that we don't wake up every morning bursting with praise of you, but rather recognising that actually it's in our weakness, it's in our place of not feeling particularly joyful today, that you have something precious for us, that your desire is to come and meet with us and fill us again, that we might learn the depths of your joy, now and in the future. I thank you for that, Lord. We praise you for it together. And we ask that as a community, you would draw us more and more deeply into your joy. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening.